Hello to everybody who's moving out to the middle of nowhere. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. I want to thank everybody who listened to uh, last week's episode, which was, of course, our young caller who was obsessed with golf and uh, socialist politics and also being a, telling us about being a twin. It was really... That, that Facebook group, the beautiful anonymous community, it's, it's like 33,000 people strong. You guys are all so chill and nice. It's a fun place to talk. And uh, it was so cool. I saw people talking about how they also love golf. I saw people talking about how a lot of the young callers lately have been giving them hope. I thought that was very nice. And then me and myself and one other person got into a whole... Uh, very pleasant debate about uh, the nature of capitalism and its dark sides and positive sides and if it's appropriate for me to be talking about its dark sides and then immediately throw to ads. And it was all pleasant and nice. So thank you all for being a part of that group. This week's episode, I've been excited for a while for everybody to hear this one. This was a live taping we did in San Francisco as part of the San Francisco Sketch Fest. First of all, thanks to everyone who came out. San Francisco has always been kind to me. In my career, when I started expanding beyond New York, San Francisco was one of the first towns that actually embraced me, made me feel good. So to everybody in Northern California and the Bay Area who came out live, I thank you. Just genuinely, I thank you. Simple as that. This call, wow. This caller is one I I will not soon forget. Uh, You'll hear, had a scary, scary accident. Somehow, in the face of all, this caller is able to tell us about how he's dealing with it, how he's approaching, recovering, stabilizing, moving forward, making some big lifestyle choices that switch everything up. And uh, this caller is someone who is absolutely strong, absolutely dealing with a lot. And And the way he describes how he has rolled with so many brutal punches really made me think about how I need to uh, not get caught up in the small things and the and the small defeats and and uh, and the challenges and adversity and just really keep looking beyond them this caller really uh, something special enjoy it thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello Hello. Oh, I was talking to the caller, Great. not the live crowd. Hello, how are you, caller? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing real good. I'm sure you noticed this in the prompt. This is a live show, so we're in San Francisco. There's a bunch of people here, but I don't want that to make you nervous. They all got your back. They're all very nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, a couple years ago, I was hit by a semi. Whoa. And in the testing for spinal cord damage, they found lesions in my spinal cord and in my brain. So Whoa. not only did I not get killed by a semi that hit me at 50 miles an hour, I got diagnosed with MS oh, uh, wow. a month after I got hit. So, <laughs> Well, we got it, a lot to talk about. You know, yeah. Uh, basically, when I was in the hospital... My neurologist told me, uh, let's see here, I'm not going to walk and I should quit my job and find something else. (laughs) And I work a heavy labor job, which is kind of funny because it's hard to do in general, not let alone now with uh, some issues. But the good thing is it kind of led me, it led me to uh, open my eyes to kind of what's important. I was in the long-term relationship with a girl is like, wow, seven, six or seven years. And in the hospital, I kind of realized that, uh, she wasn't there for me. (laughs) So I ended that relationship and then did what any person who gets diagnosed with multiple sclerosis does is go and buy 10 acres of land in a house for your first home. (laughs) Look at that. Our first mini applause break. I have, okay, let's go over a few things, a few things. First, you got hit by a semi. It sounds terrifying. Were you in your car or or were you crossing a street? What what was going on? 
Uh, it was actually, I was at work. I work for, um, like a road department and I was plowing snow a couple of years back when we had a lot of bad snow and the semi ran a light and hit me right on the passenger side axle of the truck. And I was in like a one ton truck and he was in the semi at the 53 foot trailer and hit me and I spun around three or four times. That's gotta be, I mean, <laughs> he hit me right on the axle. Oh. So it was kind of the best case scenario because it was wet and icy out. So instead of rolling the truck, which would have killed me pretty instantly, he spun me around. And luckily, I made it out okay. And I'm still walking and obviously talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like that. I've been in a couple accidents over the years. And I have to admit, because when you're in a car, you have that moment where you're like, maybe I can get out of here. But when you're plowing snow in a one-ton truck you must be like oh shit let's see how this goes like there's no there's no moment of like let me hit the gas and see what i can do yeah because really what happened i was in a turn and i was looking through my turn plowing and i just saw headlights out of my peripherals and i looked over and that was just enough time to know that i was going to get hit (laughs) i'm really sorry that sounds that sounds terrifying and then yeah. You survive. You must be letting out so many thankful sighs of relief. You find out you have multiple sclerosis. Is 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 there any element to which the accident helped people notice this and help you get ahead of the curve on it? Or was it just, oh, in addition, now we're it living was, with this bad news too? It's It's all like in addition because they were checking my spinal cord for like, uh, severe spinal cord damage because uh, I had because I got hit by the truck and I was back to work in four days um, <laughs> and I was at work and I couldn't lift my left foot up so one of the things with MS is you lose control of muscles because your nerves don't communicate and so they call it drop foot and I was dragging my foot and I couldn't even walk without tripping and I went to the doctor and then he sent me into the er to get an mri and did my first mri in my life you know went in the tube and i'm a big guy so i don't fit in those damn things anyway so that's fun (laughs) and uh went through it and got dressed and then the doctor came in and said no you're going in for another one and that's when they took an mri of my brain and then they found 23 lesions in my head alone not including the 16 on my spinal cord oh my goodness Oh my yeah. goodness! So it's pretty much they pretty much said I sh- shouldn't be walking at all, uh, but, just based on the size and where the lesions are. Because I mean, MS is like such a variable thing to other people, and it's kind of a crazy thing. But it actually turned out to be one of the best blessings I've ever had, if that makes sense. I mean, I got out of a relationship with a girl who could care less. I mean, I was in the hospital, and she's just sitting on her phone the whole whole time so that's broke not that a good off feeling and bought 10 acres which is which is stupid <laughs> to do, really. yeah. i mean for a first home buyer i mean that's what i did as a house in 10 acres like not usually what people that have a disability you know a disease that right can make it so they can't even walk right let alone hey 10 acres this sounds like a good idea <laughs> Yeah, so, not only will I, like, you, first of all, you sound like a badass. You're back in work four days after a semi hits you. I've called out of work because I was vaguely sad. That's a thing I've done in my life. Just being like, <laughs> I, I'm just kind of not feeling it today. You get hit by a truck, you're like, I'm back, baby. Ten, eight, they tell yeah, you you're not going to walk. They tell you you're not going to walk. You're like, oh, really? I am going to walk, and I'm also going to be responsible for 10, 8. Not only will I walk, I will be plowing and sowing fields. Like, you're, you're going yeah. big. Yeah, when, when my neurologist told me that, because, you know, you get a bomb drop like that, you know, you're just going through all sorts of fucked up emotions when you're sitting in a hospital bed. Yeah. And that's, that's why I hate the Harry Potter series is because that was the only damn thing that was on the TV. So <laughs> no offense to Harry Potter fans out there, but not really my jam because of that. Um, but yeah, the neurologist comes in the room and tells me one, I should find another job and I shouldn't be walking. And I basically just told her, fuck you. 
<laughs> and you're still working the same job? Yep. Working mm-hmm. the same job and added 10 acres to your life. Wow. I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry. And second of all, congratulations for, uh, for, not, for not taking no for an answer and continuing to push yourself and believe in yourself. That is very inspiring. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not without it. Ever since I got hit, it's kind of been, I get symptoms every once in a while. Like I haven't had fine touch in my right hand in damn near three years or something now. So that makes it fun when you can't. So now I feel, I feel, uh, you know, like how old people can't open Ziploc. I can relate. <laughs> and you, you said know, you work in a labor job. Can't open yeah, I do. I fake it pretty damn well because I have to. Um, basically because my insurance is worth my job. So Got it. I basically fake everything, which just sucks because it makes me feel stuck. But yeah. at the same time, I'm super grateful that I have good insurance because that year of going through all the two weeks in the hospital with all the steroids and crap, that one year alone, my medical bills were topped like $425,000 or something crazy like that. That is a sin, man. That's a sin. So, yeah. But luckily, I had decent insurance and it only cost me $1,500 out of pocket. So, I can't really complain too much. <laughs> no, I think you can complain um, all you want. I think everyone in this room would agree <laughs> that if anyone wants to vent and complain in the course of an episode of this show, you have the right to complain. A truck hit you and you have 39 lesions in your body. Yeah, you, if you want to, if you got some gripes, we're happy to hear them, but it's pretty badass that you don't. Because I was going to say, there was a part of me that was going to be like, well, it's so cool that you were like, nope, I'm working my job. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, now that you've proven them all wrong, you ever thought about maybe, maybe getting out of labor, but the insurance, I'm about, I feel like it's very easy to say this in San Francisco, but man, stories, if there's any stories that show why there needs to be a much better thought out healthcare system, it's yours, like 425 grand, but that's Yeah, easy. and then I was on, I was also on a, I fought like taking any kind of meds because I just not that's just not me i don't like meds i don't like they make me feel weird so it took them five months to get me onto a drug and a tech bedera and it was the most fucked up i've ever been mentally um that was it was messed up like just my mood swings are like insane i'd be like happy and crying and just you know from the top to the bottom in like five minutes and it was like uncontrollable and I didn't want to go on that. And it's just, well, there's no real cure for MS. It's just like a disease modifying drug. So it's like, hopefully it will stop it type of deal. Right. So I was taking that and then I went in cause you're supposed to get MRIs every year or six months or whatever it is. And I went in to get MRI and then I had more lesions in my head while I was taking this drug that was fucking with me. So I just stopped cold Turkey on that. And just kind of just doing my own thing. And it's actually, I've done pretty good. I'm still walking. I'm still working in a physical job. And uh, I don't know, like buying the 10 acres and stuff was kind of like a thing that for me is like a mental goal. Like a house that I've got to pay off in 30 years, you know, it's like shit. Kind of stupid, but you know, hey, I might make it. I might not, but. I might get hit by another semi and not make it that time. Who knows? So <laughs> there's always that. You are an impressive human being. All these stories and then everything is just like, nope, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to prove it. Obviously, I'm someone who's had good experiences on medication. But for you to say you're facing this thing that's life-changing and the medications weren't feeling right, so you said, I'll just do it my way. I mean, I hope that there's doctors obviously keeping an eye on it and making sure that it's safe. But it's pretty, again, I keep using the word badass, but man. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, you know, like MS, if you look at possible, you know, what's happening to get you diagnosed is like fatigue. And I've been working manual labor my whole life. So I just attributed fatigue to work. And another one is black mold. And well, you'll like this one. I was after hurricane Sandy happened, I deployed out there 
and I worked for free for a volunteer organization, and we gutted houses out in Union Beach, New Jersey. So you're, and I was out there for 45 days, and we were basically sleeping in condemned houses and sleeping in our moldy work clothes. So that was fun, and who knows, that was seven years ago now or something like that, and who knows that black mold could have led to it too, but they don't really, they can't pinpoint it or anything, so it's kind of a crazy thing. First of all, I'm wearing a T-shirt right now that literally says the words "Defend Jersey" on it, uh, and you have done that. So you step up, you try to come in and help people in my home state, and then it leads to a lot, potentially leads to a lot of really rough stuff down the line. And yet you still have good, a good head on your shoulders, fighting the good fight. Wow. Yeah. I also want to apologize. Like we weren't getting the. Uh, I just want to say really quick, I, before, I got a little bit of a cheap pop by talking about health reform, healthcare <laughs> reform in San Francisco. Let's point out, this is a city where I, was, I missed my call time today because the lift couldn't get through the traffic caused by the anti-Iran war march and the women's reproductive rights march. This is a city where I'm like sitting in traffic like, why do all these things I agree with have to be happening at the same time? Like... <laughs> That's the city we're in. So I want to apologize for the admittedly cheap round of applause from speaking up for healthcare in San Francisco. But you're saying, so you were about to tell a story about what it was like in the Hurricane Sandy relief. Well, and and I was up in uh, like Monmouth County, so up in North Jersey, and we were up there, and the team that I was with, we were getting approximately 15 houses a day is what we were doing. Um, and we did it all for free. Um, it didn't cost the homeowners anything. So it was, uh, probably the most incredible work I've ever done in my life because like, I would just go in there and tear out a couple sheets of drywall. Like for me that, you know, whatever, it's a couple sheets, it doesn't matter. But to some homeowner, you know, they cry and it was like the most crazy thing to have that much appreciation for the work that you're doing. So that was awesome. But we always joked when we were there. I did. It's like, oh, man, we probably just shaved off 10 years of our lives working here because of all the black mold. And then kind of ironic that I'm the one that came down with an <laughs> autoimmune disease that possibly could have been caused by black mold. <laughs> how are you laughing? How do you ever laugh? Like, how? That's amazing that you can tell that story and it ends with a, a, a knowing chuckle. Is that... That you, that's, I mean, that's a remarkable, uh, sometimes you gotta, I feel like you are living the, a very prime example of like, sometimes you have to laugh because what else can you do? But yeah, I mean, I mean, my sense of humor is kind of fucked up and people don't like it. Um, cause most people don't even know that I have MS. I don't really talk about it. It's not like a thing I like to bring up cause it's whatever. I'm still the same person. So I just kind of fight through it and. You know, it's it's kind of annoying sometimes because I'll give you an example of how it is. Like, because my foot, my lower body sometimes is numb. So it's like wearing a swimming flipper on my left foot and then wearing a giant chemical resistant glove on my right foot, uh, my right hand. And that's like how it is for every day. So imagine trying to cut up vegetables when you're cooking and, and with this huge cumbersome rubber glove and that's, where I'm at with the feeling in my hand. <clears throat> but uh, like my family, they don't like my sense of humor because I just kind of self-deprecating. And I think it's funny because what else am I going to do about it? So at Thanksgiving, so, you're... I like make fun of myself as much as I possibly can. <laughs> so at Thanksgiving, you're sitting there making jokes and laughing at them yourself and everyone else is just staring to their mashed potatoes like, please stop making us co- contemplate mortality at Thanksgiving. Please, please. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been well, laughing the whole time. While I just sense how uncomfortable people are, but, you know, it's, it's uh, whatever. Sometimes. I mean, my family members, they try to do their best and try to, like, research stuff about MS. I'm like, don't even bother. I don't really care. It is what it is. Like, if it's going to put me in a wheelchair in the next year, then that's what's going to happen, and I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, I don't know, like one of my buddies, he told me one time, he had a friend that got diagnosed with cancer, and he asked her one time, would you want to know, looking back at all the crap, all the chemo and all the crap that she went through, and one of her things that she said is, you know, honestly, I don't think I'd like to know. 
if I had to do it again and just kind of keep on living and doing what you do. And cause that's what I've done. I mean, all my, I always attributed my hands not working to like being like carpal tunnel and stuff. And I just powered through it and just kind of whatever it is, what it is and keep on going. So I kind of like that kind of, you know, at least for me, not, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea to be like, Oh, I don't want to know about it and just keep going. But you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I still think about MS all the time and there's a, a genuine fear of the unknown. I mean, I laugh and joke, but like I'm scared as shit about it, but what am I going to do? Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I try not to worry too much about it, but like I said, it's probably one of the, as fucked up as it sounds, it's probably one of the best things that happened to me getting diagnosed because ended up, ended a fucked up relationship with manipulative family of my exes and my new girlfriend. I don't know what the hell her problem is because she's 10 years younger than me. And just, I told her from the get go, you know, when it was about to get serious or whatever, that, Hey, like I got this fucked up disease and I don't want your future to be affected by it type of thing. You know, it's like, I don't want her to waste her time, but she stuck with me and we're on what year, year and a half now. And that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Listen, I want to talk more about that. Um, if you don't mind, the crowd has been tweeting questions for you at me and thoughts. Do you want to hear some of them? Sure, let's do it. Let's pause there. Because we got to take a break. We always got to take breaks in this show. Now's the perfect time for one. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Buckle up. We're getting back to the phone call. If you don't mind, the crowd has been tweeting questions for you at me and thoughts. Do you want to hear some of them? Sure. Let's do it. Um, let's see. Uh, Aramis, I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, says, people in San Francisco cannot even imagine 10 acres. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks pretty bad. The view is pretty great. Uh, <laughs> Nick Bradshaw says, I get hit by a semi and now I have to suffer through these goddamn Hufflepuffs in relation to your Harry Potter. Um, a lot of stuff coming in. So, oh, uh, Jack wants to know, uh, although I think we've covered this. So the MS was not caused by the accident. It was just sort of exposed by it. Yeah, because, well, I mean, MS and stuff, it's like cancer and everything else. You have these fucked up cells that are in your body and it could be stress. A lot of stress brings up my symptoms. Like if I'm at work and managers are pissing me off and stuff, I call it my Hulk eye. That's when I know I'm really getting pissed off because my left left eye will actually start to like blur <laughs> and I'll lose like vision in my left eye. You call it your Hulk I'm eye? I'm extremely pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I call it my Hulk eye just because it's like, you know, instead of turning green, I just can't see out of my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be <laughs> oh god I hate listen it, self-deprecating is the word self it drives me nuts I'm very self-deprecating sometimes people start making jokes about me because they answer so part of me but the idea so when you get really mad you're like you, now not only is my right hand in a rubber glove and my left foot in a flipper I can't even see because you're pissing me off yeah, well, my left eye, I can still see on my right eye pretty good. It's just my left one. That That's you out. in a nutshell. Holy shit. Every, I've been talking <laughs> to you for, what, 20 minutes? And I, that is you. You're, that, that is amazing that you're like, eh, I can still see out of my right eye. Like, that's what a level of optimism. Uh, here's something. Here's why I love doing this show. He, listen to this. What a small world it is. There's someone in the crowd, uh, Dr. Mogavum, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who is in the crowd tonight is a neurology resident who, spe who will be specializing in MS who uh, says, if you haven't already, just make sure you're looking for a neurologist you really trust. Well, as a comment to him, don't tell people they can't work or they can't walk. It'll piss them off. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> uh, 
if you people are heckling your doctor people are heckling your old someone just yelled out he's instead of using the hashtag i set up sir he decided to just yell uh sounds like he sucks in in relation to your old doctor is 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 doctor the doctor who tweeted at us are you here would you oh you're the guy who <laughs> so so uh, caller you'll be happy to hear that the neurologist in the crowd is the one who yelled that it sounds like your neurologist sucks yeah, my I've gone through four neurologists and they all suck. So. You sound now. I don't I'm know if you. When it comes to neurologists now, <laughs> I don't know how close you are to the West Coast, but if you need a hookup, I found a chill neurologist. He likes comedy and he's happy to express his opinions freely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's kind of a crazy thing, and I don't know. It makes me appreciate a lot more than i did before too which is kind of cool yeah let me Uh, i want to hear more about uh i want to get to some some gossip you've brought it up a couple times (laughs) when you're in that hospital you've been through something scary you get even scarier news and you realize this is lifelong news and you're you've been dating someone i think you said six years who's sitting there on their phone through it all that's uh i mean I would have to imagine you couldn't see out of your left eye for most of that time. Oh, no, I was just fuming. And the fun part is I'm pretty sure she was cheating on me during that time with the guy that she's on the phone texting all the time when I was in the hospital. Oh. So there's some gossip for you. Oh. <laughs> what positive yeah, thing are you so. about to say right now? I feel like the, the more grim a thing you say, the more you're able to blow all of our minds by just being like, but you know what? She's happy and I'm happy too. So life is life. Love is love. Like, Well, it worked out because I kind of figured she's cheating on me, uh, I want to say, seven months before I was hit. And I moved all my stuff out of the current place that we lived at. And I just moved everything into my now, my now current property. And I was just storing shit there, hoping I was going to get the property. And it just all kind of came together. So... When shit seems like it sucks, it kind of things work out because I ended up with 10 acres and a property on my own. And I got a clear conscience, which makes it super rad. <laughs> oh, so, you are. And then I met my now girlfriend who's fucking amazing and is there for me all the time. So I can't ask for anything better than that. Wow. So one extreme to another. Yeah. Um, what's going on with these 10 acres? What do you got going on out there? What kind of land? Uh, it's partly wooded, partly open field. Uh, right now I just got uh, about 10 apple trees and a bunch of fruit trees and a bunch of plums. It's nothing crazy yet. I don't have any livestock or anything yet. I'm not there. I like to go do stuff and having animals makes it so you can't. You gonna so. <laughs> so you just have an orchard on your bucolic ten acres, no animals yet. I have to tell you, I just heard <laughs> an entire room of San Franciscans get so jealous. I just heard it. You could hear the jealousy erupt. We're talking about a city where it's like, oh, you want a studio with a roommate? You're paying thirty five hundred dollars each, and it's in a part of Oakland that six years ago wasn't zoned for residences. Like that's. That's the room we're in. Yeah. Wow. When you say $3,500 a month, that makes me feel better about my mortgage because it ain't that much. <laughs> You're paying less than that a month for 10 acres of land with, where you have woods you can hike through and a bunch of fruit trees you can pick and eat from? Yes. Oh, the joy in your voice as you stuck it to him. I could just hear you thinking, enjoy your app development, San Francisco. I'll be out here in a more sane part of the country. Well, it's funny because like, when I have friends over for like bonfires and shit that are like city kids, they'll come out and they'll, they'll always ask me where to park. And I have literally eight acres of parking that they could park at anywhere. And yet they always ask where to park, which is I kind I kind of think that's funny, but I get it. 
we I'm do not too. a city person, so it drives me nuts when I can't even find a parking spot near a friend's house. <laughs> you could have ended that sentence after when I have people out for bonfires, and if you just stopped there, this crowd would have been pissed. <laughs> Let alone that you have eight acres just of parking. Yeah, you know, you only live once, right? Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. As someone who's moving out of a city to get to some place with a little more woods, uh, I, I'm not moving to any place with 10 acres, but I am happy to hear that, that it's working for you. Anybody here? Round of applause. In, are, are San Francisco people like New York people where it's like the most beautiful thing to live in this area and it offers so much motivation and so much opportunity and also every single minute of every single day you are planning your exit strategy? Is that the type of city as well? And the exit strategy is that someday maybe something will happen in your life that's um, lucrative enough that you can just go live like this man, right? Like that's, that's you're living the dream, man. In that way. It's pretty easy. Just in other ways. By a semi, live in other ways, it, I feel, then, what was that? <laughs> I said, it's easy. You just get hit by a semi, somehow manage to live through it, and then get diagnosed with a fucked up autoimmune disease. It's nice. Yeah, touche, my bad. <laughs> my bad. I shouldn't have phrased it as, quote, you're living the dream. I should have said, you're living the real estate dream. Or you are living the dream in one specific way. And in other ways, yes, your point stands. Uh, it should not take that much to get there. I want to uh, see if we have anything else coming in from the crowd. I'm also curious, are you a union member in your labor job with your good insurance? Yes. I tell you, man, I've been thinking more and more about it. Thank God for unions in this country. I've become really obsessed with unions. You got a good union, huh? They take care of you? Yeah, all right. I mean, I, I'm kind of mixed emotions on them. They take a lot of my money, and they don't really represent us all that much. Yeah. But I do have good health insurance, so I'll take that. They saved you on that one. It's, people are messing with the unions, man. I don't think you want to. I think that's when maybe we'll finally wake up and take to the streets is if they mess with the unions. But who knows? I'm just a guy with a podcast. <laughs> um, we have some feedback. Kelsey has said that your call is like Grey's Anatomy drama. Uh, I like that. Um, oh, uh, Ryan. Listen, probably. caller, you like dark jokes. Do you want to hear a dark? It's really dark. It made me say the word Ryan yeah. like I was scolding him. Do you want the dark joke or no? Yeah. Ryan Let's has suggested, it. have you ever considered that maybe your girlfriend was cheating with the guy who drove the semi? Huh. That'd be ironic. <laughs> he didn't do a good enough job, though, because I made it out alive. And Resolin points out that you are an amazing soul, sir, and I agree. I agree. How'd you meet your uh, how'd you meet your current girlfriend? Oh, you know, Tinder. <laughs> What's your I used uh, to make fun of people all the time for that and then here I am, ended up meeting a girl on the internet. <laughs> so you're in a relationship that's gone bad and you're like, Man, these Tinder people, what a bunch of scrubs and then you're single and you're like, and away we go. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered, I tell you, because I'm, I'm, my wife is so cool. My life is so good with my family, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But Tinder started up about a year after we got together, and I've always felt, man, I would have been the king of Tinder in Brooklyn. I absolutely would have been. You want to hear a weird thing? I'm going to make it about me for a minute. Uh, <laughs> Here's a very, very strange thing that I've heard is true, which is that um, we once I once did an episode of my old TV show, and OkCupid came and helped us out. It was like a dating-themed show. And the, the people who came from OkCupid told me legitimately that if you live in New York City and you list one of your interests as Chris Gethard, it increases the percentage that you are going to get laid. They told me that. <laughs> they told me that. Not Nice. I just took a picture in, with my dog in it to show that I'm sensitive or whatever. You had a dog <laughs> picture for sensitivity. And let's be, can yeah, I ask, you know. let's get honest here. Let's me and you get honest. Now, when you're chatting with people on Tinder, are you ever saying like, hey, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of finding, finding my footing again because, uh, you know, I got hit by a truck, had this... Uh, experience it's making me kind of reconsider what life's all about and my priorities you ever you ever is that the game you're spitting ever be honest 
I should have. That would have been a lot easier, probably. You got to talk to me, man. I, I should charge a service. In my bio that I get hit by semis and make it out alive. No big deal. Let's go. Let's go get some coffee or something. Wait, was was that your know. profile or no? No, I oh, no, I didn't put that. That would be amazing. Matt, I, I recently got hit by smart. an eighteen. Oh, that's so bad. I recently got hit by an eighteen wheeler and survived. Want to hear about it? Come get coffee. I'll tell you the whole story. Boom, done. <laughs> Boom. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. Now, <laughs> MS, is, I believe it's degenerative, right? It can get worse over time. Yeah, because um, like it's basically just scarring on your myelin sheath. So that's why the ones in my spinal cord are really bad. Uh, because that's what really leads to uh, disability is because you're like, if you have them in your brain, your brain's pretty sweet and can make pathways around your scar tissue. Cause that's what it is basically. But if you get it in your spinal cord, that's where you get fucked. And of course that's, it wouldn't be Grey's anatomy without me having that fun part of it. <laughs> yeah. Now, and you said you're, I want to be clear. You're, you're, you said you're powering through. You didn't love the medications. You're not on any medications? Nope. Zero. That, I, I'll tell you. Just, just, a, I, just a diet. So that neurologist guy or gal that's out in the audience, Dr. Terry Walls, that's who I follow. And uh, I eat a lot of leafy greens, which kind of sucks because it's like nine cups of leafy greens a day. So I get really tired of eating my jaw hurts all the time but it's oh, all you are charming and... the room you are charming i gotta yeah. say it, can i do you mind if i ask the neurologist some questions with that i don't want to exploit you and and have this other person giving opinions on your story unless you're okay with me picking his brain too well they're right about the neurologist sucking so yeah go ahead <laughs> you guys are on the same can i ask if we like have you is this something that you've heard that dieting, like I worry when I hear, oh, I'm avoiding medications. It makes me worried to the caller. Does it make you worried to our neurologist in the room? It depends on the person. Meds are usually a good idea. Um, if anyone wants to come with me and, and tell me that they want to change their diet, I'm, I'm not going to say no. But there aren't like a lot of like big studies on diets that have shown that they definitely work or help, but there are with some of the medicines. There, oh, so he's saying... He sounds like he's an open-minded doctor. He's saying the thing that worries him is there aren't really studies on the dieting side of thing, but there, things, but there are studies on the medicines. So that just is a little more confidence boosting, I would say. Not to put the last few words in your mouth, but that's what I took away from it. Well, yeah, I but he says still eat well. Yeah, if I end up in a walker, I'm going to make a pretty badass walker and stuff. And if I have a wheelchair, it's going to be a badass wheelchair. So it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> just make everything badass. Have you have you thought about what a badass wheelchair would entail? Like, do you sit there and go, all right, if it comes to that, here's what I'm doing? Maybe like some Mad Max shit. <laughs> yeah. You want to build yourself a Mad stuff. Max wheelchair? No, why not? That's... I mean, I got 10 acres to play with, so I have to off-road a little bit, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> This <laughs> so as you, st I hate to laugh, but you, you are, you really are not lying when you say you can bring up some funny images in the side of the dark stuff. But if you start to sense that things are getting worse, one of the final things you're going to do as you, as you are able to, is build a badass wheelchair, evocative of Mad Max, with like a bunch of spikes and like metal skulls on it and stuff. Yeah, preferably. That's I don't want a jazzy scooter. That doesn't seem fun. <laughs> I hope you put um, those uh, truck nuts on it. <laughs> you know those truck nuts yeah, where they hang a couple testicles off. Me. Yeah, get some truck yeah. nuts on there. Those belong on Priuses in San Francisco. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's pause. Listen to some friends of the show while you do. We'll be right back.
Thanks so much to everybody who helps make this show happen. Now let's finish off the phone call. I hope you put um, those uh, truck nuts on it. <laughs> you know those truck nuts yeah, where they hang a couple testicles off? Of me. Yeah, get some truck yeah. nuts on there. Those belong on Priuses in San Francisco. <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you making fun of electric cars in San Francisco? Yeah, I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, um, let's see. Oh, people are, uh, <laughs> I'll let you know, caller. I, I had to come out. Since I'm using uh, Twitter, I have my phone plugged in on stage. And the tech-savvy San Franciscans, I mentioned I dropped it in water recently. Someone's telling me not to charge it. It's very dangerous. It was weeks ago. Someone else is telling me, Chris, for real, unplug your phone once you have enough battery. All these tech advice people. Um, so funny. It's all these people with opinions on phones. Um, oh, here's a good question. Uh, Chance wants to know, what's the craziest thing you've done on your 10 acres? That's a good question. Because if I had 10 acres and that meant I could do a lot of cool shit that no neighbors would ever hear about, I'd find some crazy stuff to do. You found yourself doing anything crazy? I'm, I mean, I bomb my field with my Volkswagen bus a lot. <laughs> Wait, what? Sure, sure. I piss off the neighbors. Like my front field, I'll take my Volkswagen bus out and go rally out in the field. You just go. Because they go everywhere. You take a Volkswagen bus and just go ape shit in a field? Yeah, all around my property. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my it's like my Jeep, I guess, but cooler. So you go off roading on your ten acres that you're paying eight dollars a month for. It's six ninety nine, but yeah. Six nine. Your mortgage is six hundred ninety nine dollars a month. I'm joking, Chris. Come on. Oh, thank God. It's just me being a jer- jackass. That's all. That okay? <laughs> thank yeah. You just I I almost blew a fucking gasket on that one. Um, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Oh, now you mentioned your neighbors. Are the uh, like is everybody out there on ten acres? Like, are you living like out there with the doomsday preppers? What's going on out there? Yeah, they're pretty much everyone's in ten acre plots. So you got any real weirdos? I don't really talk to them. Yeah, you don't lose. Nobody's Ah. moving to that environment because they want to come stop by and have a uh, coffee clutch with the neighbors. People are looking. People are looking to build a bunker and hunker down. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm out here. (laughs) I like to be away from people, so it works out pretty sweet. That's interesting. Because you're such a, uh, you're a very charming guy and a well-spoken guy with an interesting story. Why do you want to be away from people? I don't know. I just always grew up out on the farm, so city life just doesn't appeal to me. I grew up on 194 acres, so 10 acres is a downgrade, I suppose. Like your dad's like, son, you're dropping the ball. You only have 10 acres of land to yourself. You grew up on 194 acres? Yeah. Did you, like, own your own county? What are you talking about? No, no, not a county. I mean, it wasn't... 193 wasn't that big where I grew up, so... And you're talking ranches and tens of thousands of acres that people own. Oh, so so this is, like, Texas, Oklahoma, that, like, people have big ranches? Yeah, in the Midwest. You owned a... <laughs> what is life like I when you grew up? I didn't own it. I was just... I grew I up know, in a... I, I hung out... I hung out by myself a lot and dug holes. That's what I did. I didn't have any friends, really. I just hung out by myself. What were you When I was two? nine, I hit groundwater. And I dug an 18-foot deep hole when I was nine years old. So that's what I did. For fun, or it was like a thing you had to do as part of your chores, tending to this massive amount of land that you're claiming is not massive, even though everyone in this room lives in a WeWork. No, it was just for fun. I used to make forts out of the holes I dug. You and I'd were... go catch snakes and throw them down in a hole as like a snake pit. When you were you know, nine. All the normal kid things. 
Wait, when you were <laughs> nine, you dug an 18-foot deep hole? Yeah. How, how tall were you when you were nine? Not that tall, but they have things called ladders. <laughs> so for fun as a child, you would buy yourself dig holes so deep that you would then place ladders in the holes. And then once you kept digging, how would you transport the dirt out? Because you were a little sarcastic with me, but are you climbing back up the ladder with big buckets of dirt? <laughs> yeah. I was just playing yeah. Nintendo like a little asshole. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I just, I just hung out outside all the time, that's all. Oh, my goodness. You are a specimen. A specimen. Uh, some other questions coming in. Uh, oh, um, Stan Pineapple says they are updating their bio to see if my lines work in San Francisco. Um, oh, Katie says, does mentioning our interest in you on apps increase ladies' chances with guys or vice versa or both? I may need to update my profile. <laughs> I don't know. I, I believe it goes both ways, at least in New York. Um, oh, uh, here's a very California question. No meds? Not even weed? Nope. No weed. Really? I wish I could partake, but I can't with my job. So. Uh, with your job. See, that's a bummer. So it's not legal medically where you are. Because I know in New Jersey, it's very, very strict, but it's uh, legal medically for very few things. But MS is one of them. Well, I wish that was the case here, but it's not. So, hey, Doc, in the audience, is this uh, is 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 this medicine that is worth considering? I'm not going to tell anyone no. I'm not going to tell anyone no. <laughs> some some patients love it, some don't. Now you can't use it for your job because, which is a shame, because I tell you what, you got you dedicate like half an acre. I bet you're set for the year. <laughs> No, I've thought about that. You have? You've thought about <laughs> farming marijuana on your 10 acres? Yeah, why not? There's good money in it, right? That would then be. You get the, like tax breaks on my property, right? That would and be the ultimate twist. That would be the ultimate twist if, you, if by the end of this call you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and dedicate myself to becoming a, uh, ma a marijuana cultivating kingpin in my area of the world. That would be. A real twist no one saw coming. Um, Have a weed farm that I can't partake in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate blue ball experience. Just oh. smells wonderful every morning when the wind wafts it into my house. Yeah. <laughs> it, dude, something really wild just came up. Priscilla, is what you tweeted at me true? So there's someone in the audience right now who's giving you an offer. Priscilla is saying she has, previous to today, built someone a Velociraptor wheelchair. <laughs> and you tweeted a picture. That's a picture of the wheelchair you built? That was in progress. It was a volunteer job for a magic wheelchair for kids that, that need costumes for their wheelchairs. So you, you worked as a volunteer building costumes for kids who utilize wheelchairs, and you are willing, if our caller wants it someday, to build him a Velociraptor wheelchair. Now, if he still wants to go in the Mad Max direction, do you feel like that still matches your skill set? <laughs> All right. What's this organization? It's called Magic Wheelchair. That sounds like a beautiful thing, helping kids. Uh, is that for, for just in general, to make them feel like more incliners and more of a Halloween thing? Yeah, to feel empowered. They wear it to, to like uh, cosplays and, you know, different Comic-Cons and um, uh, Halloween stuff and then sometimes even just the school parades. Oh, school parades. For anybody listening, school parades, Comic-Cons, Halloween, just to feel empowered. Every once in a while, I realize the world is a cool place where sometimes you help kids by building dinosaur wheelchairs. That's fucking awesome. Thank you for doing that. We got the hookup for you here, sir. Um, someone wants to know how big you are because Megan says she's picturing a Midwestern Hulk deflecting semi-trucks and excavating acres as a giant child. I'm like six foot, 300 pounds. Six so foot, pretty accurate. pounds. And eating nine cups of greens a day. I wonder, um, yeah, that I'm 5'7 and a, a, a wimpy 150. Um, I wonder, 
is this a thing that's come up? Having MS, if it gets, if it does degenerate further, does being someone who is that size is that going to make it harder? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I try not to like really look into it all that much anymore. Um, when I first got diagnosed, I was looking into like all the you know groups and all that stuff, but it's just not for me. I don't. I mean. I went up to like a specialty clinic and the first time I went to it, it was like, it was like in a zombie movie. Cause there's like nobody there. I was the only person in the waiting room except for the nurse. It was like the most bizarre thing. And that's when I had to go to like the, the psychologist there at the clinic, because it's like one of the first things you have to do, I guess, is when you get diagnosed and, um, I don't do well with my humor with medical professionals cause they don't, you know, they don't have the sense of humor that I do. Cause I was looking around and I was talking to the psychiatrist and she's like, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for the European guys to jump out of the wall and throw a straight jacket on me. The European but, guy. Uh, to... second t- <laughs> What's that? But here's the thing. The doctor's probably scared. If you're telling your psychologist, like I'm waiting for a European man to jump out of the wall and throw a straitjacket on me, and she doesn't know you're he or she doesn't know you're joking, and you're six foot three hundred pounds, they must be like, who is this angry union member who I'm pissing off right now? Hey, they gave me the green light, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, but oh, go but for then it. the second time I went, I saw all these people in various stages of it, and. That's kind of the, that's why I'm not very, uh, oh, woe's me, because when I was up there, there's people that can't, they can't do anything on their own, and I'm walking and talking, and, you know, I have my difficulties, like, I write like I'm three years old again, because I can't feel my right hand, but, you know, if that's it, that's pretty, I'm doing pretty damn well, so... That's why I never really got into the support groups because I don't know. I'm not a oh woe is me person. I never have been. So yeah, it's I kind noticed. of I just take care of my own thing and do it. And I mean, if that's what people need, that's great. That's just not my style. I just come out to my property and hang out and do stuff, <laughs> build things, and keep busy and keep my mind off of it. And that's what I try to do. Well, I ho- I mean, I really applaud it, and if you if you are able to do it yourself, I think that's commendable. But I I will just also go on record and say that if you're not really into doctors, you're not really into medicine. I do just hope that you are are genuinely putting yourself in a place to uh, to keep an eye on everything as best as possible because you're such a likable guy, and I don't want to I don't want to think about you. Uh, Hiding from that stuff in a way. In a that sweet velociraptor wheelchair. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> It'd be like only if the velociraptor is like the old cartoon, the Dino Riders. You remember the like the cool toys and they had like rockets and all that stuff on them. Uh-huh. If the uh-huh. velociraptor wheelchair is like that, I'm all in. You know, that's cool. <laughs> now, if you <laughs> if you someday this is going to go down and you're going to have a velociraptor wheelchair and we're going to make sure it's outfitted for uh, outdoor. Uh, like road tripping <laughs> and in your area local teens will begin to tell the story of the six foot 300 pound half man half velociraptor that zips around in the woods of the area I mean I'd be down for that that'd be kind of fun I would love that I would Just love like to become an urban creeping legend through the woods. I've often thought about how um, I would love to become some sort of urban legend I've thought about making my tombstone say um be warned, all ye who walk upon this grave shall be haunted by my ghost forever. Just to encourage local teens to break into my cemetery and fuck with my grave. I think that would be cool. Yeah, there you go. I'd just be a weird velociraptor thing creeping in out of the woods. Probably get hit by another semi. Probably not fare so well that time, though. <laughs> Ken, oh, you are, I will say, one of the darkest senses of humor in the history of this show. In the history of the show. If you saw, oh, God, the image of you, a victorious moment where you ride away in your Velociraptor wheelchair and on your way back to your land, just 
What a dark, awful thing to think about, sir. Kudos to you for that horrific image. Yeah, well, you know, that front of the truck's going to be pretty messed up. I'm not a small guy, so that'll help in my final hurrah, I guess, if I do go out that way. At least I'll do some damage. You ever hear, like, that old, uh, all those old Chuck Norris memes? You're like one of those. You're like... This yeah. guy's so badass that when a semi, <laughs> a semi hits him, the semi's the one that gets fucked up. I'm just lucky. I mean, it shifted that front of that, that truck I was in eight inches. The whole frame of that truck moved eight inches to the driver's side. Wow. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool that I survived. But yeah. then the not-so-cool part is, is like the lawsuit versus that driver kind of screwed up. Really? Because if you ever have an autoimmune disease, everybody wants to target that as the problem and not the fact that you did get hit by a semi. So they so. tried to turn around and say, you just found out you had MS. That must mean <clears throat> you were the bad driver? Uh, they just determined that everything that I, all issues I've had, because, well, I never went to the hospital for the actual semi-accident. Like, I just went home. I sat on the side of the road in my supervisor's truck for like four hours while they did paperwork, and then I said, I just want to go home. I refused the the uh, ambulance because I just wanted to go home. Cause I Are you fucking Paul Bunyan? What is going on? You dug 18-foot holes when you were nine. It sound, this sounds like a store, a tall tale. He gets hit by trucks and walks home in the snow, digs an 18-foot hole, <laughs> tells the livestock they got to wait a while. He's still got shit to do. The ironic thing is I was heading to a, f- a fire station to plow their uh, driveway so the emergency vehicles could get out. I was like a block and a half away when I got hit by the semi. And the uh, ambulance that showed up was the guys from that fire station and medic unit. And I was busting their balls the whole time. So, damn, guys, I wouldn't have gotten hit if I wouldn't have been coming to save you. <laughs> I, so, yeah. You should have been like, what took so long? And then they'd have to be like, our driveway yeah. hasn't been plowed yet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you just went well, home. You, so. get hit by a, you get hit by a semi-truck. You don't even go to the hospital to get checked out initially? No, they did like a, I mean, I could feel my toes and stuff. So I thought I was, I didn't want to be in a hospital bed. I wanted to be at home. I didn't I want to know, go. I like comfort. So I want to go to my own house. I don't want to sit in the ER for eight hours. You mentioned you're from the Midwest, no. right? Yeah. For any of our international listeners, this is a very Midwestern guy. Just hard, hard working stock. <laughs> you're like a tall tale. But you got to go to the hospital when you get hit by a semi truck. You got to take medicine when you have an autoimmune disease. No one can be this badass. It's not healthy, man. No, I'm still walking, so it might not be healthy, but it's working for me, I suppose. I've never in my life dealt with adversity with even one-tenth of your ability to just uh, stay the course and keep moving forward. It's really quite impressive. we got about five minutes left. What else should we talk about? Anything else you want to get on record? I don't know. Damn, that went fast. Yeah, someone out here is saying you deserve a badass dog companion. I think that means they're viewing you almost like a mythological figure who needs your own sidekick. Like they want you to effectively have your version of Babe the Blue Ox. Well, I have a dog, but she's just kind of a, she's a pain in the ass. She's too smart. She's smarter than me, so it doesn't help things when she figures out how to go through electrical fences and open doors and stuff. Your dog opens doors and defeats electrical oh, fences? Not. Even well, your have, dog you know, is like badass? Invisible, invisible fen- the invisible fences that you put in the ground, I put those in to kind of keep her somewhat around the house because there's like a lot of coyotes here. And one day I was like just out there picking weeds and stuff and she like sat in the yard, looked at me, looked at the fence, looked at me, and then just ran right through the fence. So that... $400 system amounted to nothing. It lasted a month of her 
actually being contained by it, and then after that, done. I would. I. I can just. I wouldn't even shock me if you were like. You think I'm badass because I got hit by a semi. My dog got hit by a train and was fucking fine. I wouldn't even be shocked if you said something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. She hasn't been hit by a train. I mean, I want to ask you what kind of dog you have, and I hope you're about to be like, oh, it's a pug or a labradoodle. I'm really hoping. Nah, she's a German Shepherd Bull Mastiff mix. She was supposed to be this giant 120-pound dog, like massive, but she's only about 40 pounds. I don't know what happened, but she's pretty awesome. So again, just to keep building the legend, you're a 6-foot, 300-pound guy who (laughs) used to dig 18-foot holes when you were nine. You got hit by a semi-truck and went home without stopping at the hospital, and you got a 120-pound dog who can defeat electric fences. No, she's not 120 pounds. She's That's getting she there, though, right? She's only 40. She's... No, she's fully grown. Either way, man. She's the runt of the litter, and so but she's good. She's smart, so it works out pretty sweet. Because I've had issues where I fell, like going outside and fell, and like passed out from something, and my dog just hangs out there. She's like, everyone thinks she's a service dog because I have like a tactical vest for her, but... I have a patch on it that says drastically fucked and people, you know, they think it's all cute until they read that patch and then they realize, oh, this is not a service dog. I want to ask you something honest. And you, you can be very honest in your answer. You're living on 10 acres with your big dog and this kind of life that it's so, it's just so interesting to me that you and I live in the same country, born and raised, and we're living two totally different lives. When you see someone like me living in a city as big as New York in a one-bedroom apartment where there's 17 other people who live on my hallway and I take trains every day where I'm shoulder-to-shoulder with other human beings, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know I sit and stress about everything, whereas you manage to handle massive life adversity with just a can-do spirit and you just buckle down and grit it out. When you see city people like me living the way I'm living, what do you think about us? Better you than me. <laughs> Short but I, sweet. I, I, just I just don't do well in the city, so that's why I'm not there. Man, nobody's ever made me want to leave New York more than, but I can't, I, if, okay, do you know what I look like? Have you ever seen me? Yeah, I have. I watched the Chris Gethard show. Be honest, how deep do you think I could, how deep do you think I could dig a hole before I'd give up and complain about it? Three and a half feet. Three and a half feet? (laughs) Round of applause, who thought it was going to be less than that? Me too. (laughs) Me too. I say 18 inches max before I'm like, uh, I'm depressed. I want to go lay down in bed. <laughs> Listen, we've got 30 seconds left. I just want to thank you. You've, uh, you've managed to get a bunch of big laughs via charm and, and, and grace while also telling us about a ton of really difficult stuff that no one would ever wish upon you. And I want to thank you for being so honest and for sharing and for, I think, inspiring a lot of people hearing this to uh, keep fighting and moving forward in the face of their challenges. Right on. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate your podcast. It's a good kind of, it's a good, like I said, I don't, maybe 20 people know about my MS that know me personally. So this is kind of a cool thing to get off my chest and kind of just let it go. Happy to provide. Happy to provide. Thank you so much. Really means a lot. Sending you my best. Stay healthy. Please take care of yourself and stay healthy. Caller, thank you so much for calling in, taking a, a chance on doing it at a live show. And letting us know uh, about all the different things you've dealt with. Your story is clearly one of resilience. And I think a lot of people are going to take a lot away from that. So thanks for opening up. 
Thanks to everybody who came out and attended live in San Francisco. Hey, if you want to attend a Beautiful Anonymous live, why not just bite the bullet? BeautifulCononymous.com, Brooklyn, New York in May. Beautiful Cononymous. Everybody's getting together. See you out there. Thanks to Jared O'Connell. Thanks to San Francisco Sketch Fest. Thanks to everybody who helps with the show. Thanks to Shellshag for the music. Want to know more about me? ChrisGeth.com. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Really helps when you do. 